But before that, I wanted to talk about a movie that I saw this past weekend. Um, and as movies are, you know, they've been a, such a big part of my life growing up. You know, I was an only child. I, you know, if I wasn't playing out in the woods, I was watching TV and movies. My mom, single mother, working all the time. It was really, you know, I didn't have any brothers or sisters. I grew up on a, you know, a little street in the middle of nowhere. There's like two or three other kids my age up the road. So they weren't always around to play. So it was it was pretty much either the woods or movies. And because of that, you know, there are some movies that that resonated with me more than others and those would be, you know, the original Star Wars trilogy. I had countless Star Wars fig action figures. You know, I still got a bunch of them. I wish I had, you know, all of them. But I, at some point in time, I, I got rid of them for some stupid reason. But, and it, you know, there there's so many others. But another one was Indiana Jones. And we all heard about the new Indiana Jones movie. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I just wanted to talk about that really quick. Uh, so I'm sure people have heard that the initial reviews, you know, out of Kane's um, film festival, not so good. Which which sucks because. From what I'm hearing from actual people who seen the movie, you know, I've listened to several different podcasts. I've talked to multiple different people and they're all saying how awesome this movie is. This was a good movie. Uh, and it, it really hurts to hear these film critics who get to watch the movie before everyone else, you know, they're all talking trash about it. And it, 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 it really hurts because, you know, these, these action adventure treasure hunting movies from my childhood, even though, you know, it, it's updated a little bit, you know, when these, these action adventure treasure hunting movies do bad in the theater. I feel like it takes a little part of my soul out because these are my favorite, favorite movies. Uh, and whenever they do bad, you know, there's a, there's a good chance. One, two, three treasure hunting movies that were, you know, in line to be made are, are, are thrown in the trash can, you know, and that, that I don't like that. It, it bothers me. There's literally my favorite kinds of movies. Like I will sit and watch uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade. I don't know. Back to back to back to back over and over and over again. I'll watch them two or three times in a row, just back to back to back. Uh, and I've done that for years. I've, I've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Last Crusade, and even Temple of Doom hundreds of times probably by now. So when I hear... You know, these these reviewers leaving, you know, these crappy reviews of these movies I love. It really, really bothers me. Uh, I, I picture these guys, you know, they're all sitting, all these, these fancy people. They're all sitting around a, I don't know, a, a table full of cheese and wine. 
you know okay hold on a sec let me just this 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 was this was one review by a dude uh by a dude named david einrich uh uh from indiewire and and this is what he had to say (laughs) not only is indiana jones and the dial of destiny an almost complete waste of time (laughs) it's also belabored reminder that some relics are better left where and when they belong. <laughs> if only any previous entry in the series had taken great pains to point that out. <laughs> Somebody, please give me more cheese. <laughs> like, geez, you know this was a good movie. Um, and if if treasure hunting movies and action adventure movies ain't your thing then just don't watch it, you know? it's It was not that bad. And that brings me to my next thought. If you saw this movie and you're like, um, I hate this movie because when they de-aged Harrison Ford, it was like just the worst I had ever seen and I cannot watch this anymore. <laughs> like, come on. If that's you... Then just turn this podcast off right now. Unfollow. Unsubscribe. And that's that, you know, because. Yeah, there might have been like one or two scenes with the de-aging process they did in the beginning of the movie. uh, That wasn't up to par, but come on, it was it just get over it, you know. So, yeah. uh, So, yeah, I'm going to get into. Now, if you haven't seen the movie yet, I really suggest you see it. See it once, see it twice, see it three times. I don't care. It's a great movie. I know you're going to want to see it at least twice. Um, But I am, at this point, going to get into some minor spoilers at first. Very, very minor. Something that has to do with an episode we just covered. And I thought it was, it was, it was cool that they had brought it up. So I'm going to cover that now. Uh, you can skip forward, I don't know, a few minutes, see where we're at, if you don't want to hear it. Um, but yeah, so this, I'm just going to get everyone a chance to, to get out, fast forward. Alright, so, this minor spoiler at the beginning of the movie, you know, when they're on the train... Indiana Jones, he's getting on this train, and all these Nazis are, they got this spear, right? And they're like, oh, no, it's fake, it's fake, blah, 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 blah. That's the spear of destiny. Um, And they're trying to bring this spear back to Hitler because they're losing the war. Hitler wants this spear because, as we know from the episode we just did on the spear of destiny, that, you know, whoever holds the spear holds the fate of the world in their hands. And when you have the spear, you know, rumor says that if you 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 uh, possess the spear, you you know, you can be undefeated in battle. Obviously until you drop the spear and blah 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 as we you know saw with uh, Charlemagne and all that. So it was nice to see another holy relic uh showcased within the movie even though it wasn't the relic they were after it was still nice 
you know, a, a little bit of fan service. Of course, the two greatest Indiana Jones movies deals with with Christian relics or, uh, you know, holy relics, the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail. So it was nice to see another one of these Christian relics um, that you think they're going to that you think is going to be what the movie is about. It's pretty much how it goes, you know, and then they they're they're running around. Indy's running around trying to get the spear, trying to get the spear. And they accidentally uncover this uh, what we soon find out to be the dial of destiny. Um, and I also thought it was it was interesting how. How they call call it the dial of destiny. When the spear is the spear of destiny and the dial is actually just, uh, you know, the anti-Kathira mechanism. I just found that to be ironic how they started the movie off, you know, like that. So another like kind of small conspiratorial driven idea or event that was in the movie that I kind of just wanted to go over really quick was how, um, how the main villain, uh, Jurgen, uh, Voller, who was played by uh, Mads Mikkelsen, you know, he, he was able to, to leave Germany, you know, stop being a Nazi and help the U S through a program that we know today as project paperclip, you know, and a lot of these these German scientists, they would help us get to the moon, you know, progress all these technologies that were vastly superior. You know, you hear stories about how the Germans, they were close to, to making nuclear uh, weapons and and jet planes like that. They, 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 they even had a a uh, it wasn't quite a jet plane. But it was on the lines of a jet and it was kicking ass. And if they're, you know, you give them six more months of the war, they would have perfected this, this, this plane. And they would have just run us up and down the board. But, uh, but yeah, so through Project Paperclip, these, these Nazi scientists were able to bring their knowledge from Nazi Germany to the United States, where we would then, you know, we, we use them to, to get to the moon in the case of, uh, Werner von Braun, he was a Nazi scientist, and we, you, you know, he was, uh, I, I, he worked with like the 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 V the V two rockets and rocketry, and he he pretty much propelled us to the moon through his knowledge. So, you know, Mad Mickelson's character is kind of on the lines of a a, a Werner von Braun type figure. Uh. But what what Mads is really interested in is this dial of destiny that is rumored to be this this time machine. And he wants to find it, get it, use it, go back to World War II, kill Hitler. Like, you know, the classic joke, you go back in time and kill baby Hitler. But he doesn't want to kill baby Hitler. He just wants to kill Hitler and then take control because he know, you know, to him, he knows what Hitler did wrong, and he's gonna perfect that, and make sure that the Nazis win the war. So that that's pretty much, you know, the synopsis of uh, the Dial of Destiny. Those are little minor spoilers. I'm gonna get into a major spoiler.
I'm going to talk about the ending of the movie really quick here. Um, so if you, if you don't mind the minor spoilers, I get out now because I'm going to totally ruin the end of the movie for you. Uh, in three, two, one. All right. So the movie, you know, is about finding your place and where you belong, which is which is perfect for this particular movie, as it's Indy's last movie. You know, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull didn't go over too well, and that I I you know I like shitty movies, so I. Didn't mind Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, you know. I'll watch it, but I'll. It was all right, but it it this movie Dial of Destiny blows Kingdom of the Crystal Skull out of the water. So yeah, so it's it's like the perfect ending. It's the perfect theme for Indy's last movie because it he's trying to like figure out where he is, who he is, and and like, you know, where his place is. In the current time that they're in, you know, he's a he's a relic himself, which is perfect for this this movie. You know, it geez, it takes place. You know, they filmed it 15 years after Crystal Skull. Uh, and even though Crystal Skull got into some weird, funky stuff with the aliens. The fact that Dial of Destiny gets into time travel, it could have gone almost the exact same way as crystal skull but i think i think they were able to to handle it you know without making it seem over the top even even though you know it's i guess i don't know i don't really know how to explain it because it was over the top it was awesome it was crazy but it wasn't like too crazy <laughs> i guess I'll, I'll just put it like that so uh so yeah, so they get this time machine, or and it's not a time machine. That's the thing you got to think about it that way. Mad Mickelson thinks that this dial of destiny is a, you know, essentially a time machine that they can use it to find these rifts, uh, within time. Because I'll get into what the the Antikythera mechanism does, but in service for the movie, he thinks that they it can point it the way to these time rifts and. And he wants to find the one and go back to, uh, uh, you know, the end of World War Two or the middle beginning of World War Two. But that's not how the dial works. And I think it's a they I think that they they. I think that the idea of. Of having the dial of destiny be more like a portal finder than a time machine was a great idea. So the, the dial of destiny, it finds these rifts in time and space, but instead of being able to go wherever you want, you know, you go to a set point and that set point is obviously, uh, 214 CE, the siege of Syracuse, you know, this, this guy, Archimedes, famous philosopher, scientist, mathematician, blah, 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 uh, from Greece. He he's he's creating this. This. And I guess he could call it technically a time machine 
because he wants someone from the future to come back to his time, 213 to the, the siege of Syracuse, which in itself is a, you know, a crazy topic because all these, these new inventions of war were being introduced. Um, so the Romans, they wanted to invade the, the city of Syracuse, which was on the island of Sicily. So they, you know, it was all these ships surrounding the island. Uh, and, and there are these crazy inventions by, by uh, this guy named Archimedes. And he was an inventor, you know, a mathematician. He was a scientist, philosopher, most likely. But he invented these crazy, uh, I guess what you could call uh, inventions of war, these crazy weapons. So he, <laughs> he supposedly, they say, you know, through historical accounts that he had created this giant crane that would hook on to Roman ships and lift them out of the water uh, because of these Roman ships, they also had their own inventions and they would have these, um, these ladders attached to the ships that would hook on to the walls of the city from the ocean. So they didn't have to get off the boats. Technically they can just go right from the boat to the walls of the city. And so before they could do that, Archimedes would come around with his giant crane and hook the, obviously it wasn't Archimedes who was doing it, but he invented this crane and they'd hook these Roman ships and they'd lift them out of the water and then drop them down. And um, he would supposedly, I don't think there's really any proof that he did this. They're still trying to find this weapon, but he would invent this death ray type of weapon. And they believe that it was, uh, created by giant mirrors that would reflect the sun and they would shine these beams of light onto these Roman ships and these ships would just, they would just burn before they could reach the city, you know, and set these, the sails on fire, the, the wood on the ships would burn. And obviously they would always, uh, they would use, uh, you know, like giant catapults that were called the uh, ballistas and they would, kind of like a trebuchet and they would launch these these flaming i don't know projectiles onto these ships to try to burn the ships before they could reach the the city uh walls the romans would have to do you know direct assaults on the city which were dangerous obviously you know if you're storming the city gates while people are up on the wall shooting down at you it's obviously not the smartest thing to do, which is why they try to do all this stuff from the boats, but they weren't able to. So, but eventually the open battles in the beginning would slow down and the Romans, they would, it was a siege. So they surrounded the Island. They weren't able to get supplies to the city, but the, I don't know what you want to call them. Syracusians, you know, the, the civilians of, of Syracuse, they, they believed that they could, you know, the Romans, wouldn't be able to invade the city. So they went along with this festival that they held every year uh, in honor of their, I don't know, their goddess. One of the goddesses there, one of the Greek gods, I think. And um, and at some point during the during this festival, you know, a war party of Romans snuck into the city at night. They would, I don't know, scale the walls. They would climb climb up the walls of the city they were able to breach the city um 
you know, the outer city. So there was the outer city with walls around it. And then there was the inner city, which had uh, uh, most likely another set of walls. And they would they would take control of the outer city. And at this point in history, um, apparently Archimedes was doing, you know, what he does best is he's inventing stuff and solving mathematical equations when when these Roman soldiers, they bust into his house and he's like, you got to get out of here. This is my house. You're not allowed here, blah, blah, blah. You know, going back and forth. Um, and at some point during that confrontation, one of these Roman soldiers kills Archimedes. He just stabs him. You know, Archimedes dies. And it was known the Roman general behind the siege had made it clear that he wanted Archimedes alive. Like this guy was a gene, a mathematical genius and an inventor of, of these really sophisticated um, and really successful machines of war, you know, with this crane operated ship destroyer and this, this reflective mirror death ray. So yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the the story, the historical uh, story of the siege of Syracuse. So after Archimedes dies, you know, uh, one of the the leaders of the city, in a bid to save his own life, would let the Roman soldiers into the um, the inner city, the citadel. I I think they called it the citadel. Um, and, you know, the Roman soldiers would take control of the entire city. They would kill most of the the Syracusians, Syracusetonians. Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call them. They would kill most of them on the spot. And, you know, the ones they didn't kill, they would enslave and they just, you know, plundered the entire city. They rampaged throughout, took whatever they wanted. I'm sure they... You know, they went Viking on this city. They raped and pillaged and plundered and, you know, and that's pretty much the story of, of the siege of Syracuse. So it's, as it takes place in the movie, Archimedes, he, he devises this dial of destiny to uh, reach out into the future for help. Uh, which is which we see, we see in the movie how. Mad Mickelson's character there. What's his name? Uh, Voler. We see how, like, you know, they're on the plane. Voler's on the plane. They think they're going back to 1942 or whatever. Um, but they're really, you know, and they, they fly through the time hole. And they think they're there. They're like, ha, see, I made it. I told you I could do it. Ha, ha, ha. Because they, they see a bunch of ships on... um you know, off the coast of Italy and they think they're, they're back in, in World War II, where it turns out they're, they're, you know, way, way back in time. Um, and it turns out that Archimedes dial would work. These guys would come, you know, all these Romans, they think that this, they're on this, this airplane. They think that it's a dragon, you know, all the, the Nazis aboard the airplane, they're all shooting down at these Roman soldiers and they're shooting up with their bows and arrows you know, it was actually a really cool scene. Um, I think it, it was, it was, de it was, it was, you know, it was different. You don't, it's not something that you would expect to see in an Indiana Jones movie, but I think it went real, really well, especially for 
you know, the the theme of um of the movie in itself. You know, Indiana Jones is a relic. He belongs in the past. He loves the past. That's where we know him from. Even his movies, you know, the three original movies of the trilogy, they all took place in the past. You know, I think it's it's going after that whole idea. Um and Indy, you know, he they they you know, the plane crashes. I I forget exactly what happened. They jumped out or something, and he meets Archimedes and he wants to stay in the past where Indiana Jones belongs in the past, you know. They could be uh, making a reference to how they never should have done Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They they should have just left the movies in the past. So I think it goes real, real good with the theme. It was it was exciting. It was fun. It was cool to see. Um, but yeah, so so he divide Archimedes divides this dial um, to reach out for help, and that you know it wasn't a time machine. It was kind of it was a time portal, you know. It pointed out to these 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 portal this this one specific portal, you know. It it wasn't made to point to anything else. It was made to to find this one spot to go back to the siege of Syracuse. So, I think it was it was cool. It was definitely it was different. It wasn't expecting. I sure wasn't expecting it. I didn't see it. I didn't. I stayed. I saw the movie trailer. That was really it. I didn't know how much of this we were supposed to know and how much we weren't. So I was, I was surprised, but I, I, I didn't hate it. And I, 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 I had fun throughout the whole movie. Um, And yeah, so it, it upsets me that it got, I feel like these, these, you know, these people who said, saw it, you know, a few weeks before it was out, they, they wrote all these bad reviews, um, kind of, put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So it didn't do so hot on opening weekend. And I only hope that it does so much better, you know, this weekend, next weekend and the weekend after or whatever, however long it's in theaters, because I think it deserves much more than what it's getting. Um, and yeah, if you want to see Indiana Jones, if you're thinking of seeing Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny, Go ahead, see the movie. It's great. Um, oh, and I, I should probably add that the title, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, might have, you know, that might have half to do with the problem. They could have probably came up with a cooler name, you know, even like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That that even sounds better than the Dial of Destiny. But but it was great. It was a good movie. I, I appreciated it. I was happy to see it. I wanted to see it. I was excited. Um, and and I know there's this big stink about the de-aging, but you know, whatever, get over it. It's de-aging, it's not perfect. It's 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 fine. It it worked fine. The the train sequence in the beginning was great, it was fun, it was awesome. I I really liked it. So so yeah, go check out the dial of destiny, which is and I guess I should throw in there that the dial is based off of this 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 machine, this hand cranked machine, uh, called the Anti Kathira mechanism because they they found it in a shipwreck off of the island of Anti Kathira, like 
1901 or something like that like a you know pretty long time ago and it's found by these these sponge divers so they were diving for sea sponges and they discovered this roman shipwreck and you know they they were kind of digging through it and they found this this what what essentially was a um it it looks like a a brass a large brass gear you know it's all rusted it was inside like a wooden a wooden box you know about as big as a shoe box and it's pretty much these these brass gears of all different sizes and you crank it with with a crank a hand crank and it spins the top gear and it, which you know spins the next gear which spins the next gear and it supposedly is able to um predict astronomical positions such as um you know the sun the moon eclipses it can predict these you know up to to decades in the future it's seen as you know the first analog computer because it can do all these calculations through the hand crank um some some scientists archaeologists believe that it was used to keep track of um the olympics you know it happened every four years uh let me see i'm gonna look this up really quick see what i can find see what wikipedia has to say uh the device housed in the remains of a wooden framed case overall size 34 centimeters by 18 by 9 centimeters um, separated into three main fragments, which are now divided in eight two separate fragments. Blah 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 blah. So, I mean, this 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 thing was was intricate. Yeah, it was super intricate. Like it had like I don't know, uh, like thirty gears. Let's see. It says it had at least thirty gears. Although mechanism expert. Michael Wright has suggested the Greeks of this period were capable of implementing a system with many more gears. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It says something here about six. Uh, one of the gears had 63 teeth. Um, but yeah, this thing was it was nuts. It had it had all sorts of Greek writing all over it at different months. Um, let's see. It had a it was. Just, you're just going to have to check it out. You know, I can't even de- describe this thing. It was it was it was crazy. The fact that that someone, you know, 2000 years ago could could create an item like this is just it's crazy. And and it, it'd be it'd be really cool if someone found one that wasn't in the ocean for 2000 years, you know, but uh, I, I have no idea if Archimedes constructed this or not. You know, he was an inventor. Um, and he may have very well have, uh, designed and built an item much like this. Who knows? I don't know. But yeah, Indiana Jones, the dial of destiny, check it out. It's well worth it. Um, and like I said, it, it has themes in it that, that we cover here on almost canon, such as the sphere of destiny, Operation Paperclip, time travel, uh, mm, you know, ancient warfare. It's 
It's got everything. It's got a little bit of everything that you want. I'm telling you, don't listen to what the critics have to say. I'm sure they're they're eating crow now. This is a movie that seems like everybody likes it. Um, go check it out. Help it out. It needs, it deserves more than it's getting. Um, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Go check it out. And don't touch that dial because your feature presentation is about to begin. <laughs>